0: Hello and welcome to the Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host, Patrice, and on this podcast, we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and get more out of life. Welcome back to The Blissbean Show, so today I'll be talking to someone I've only talked to on Instagram, so I'm super excited to actually talk to her kind of in person, quote unquote, through Zoom. So Zell is a UC Berkeley student, double majoring in bioengineering and German. She's from Los Angeles and currently living in Berlin, and she also runs the Uber aesthetic Instagram and YouTube channel and Twitter account at Fragile Miss. So thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I've never like talked to you in real life either, so this
0: is also new to me. I'm super excited to talk... First of all, about life in Berlin. One of my favorite things about your Instagram account is seeing the photos of your very cute apartment, but also just how beautiful of a city Berlin is. Um, I've literally only visited Berlin for a couple of hours, so I really want to visit for a proper amount of time someday. So I love living vicariously through you. If, correct me if i'm wrong but you moved to berlin in february 2020 right yes that's correct you have a great memory <laughs> <laughs> oh i did a lot of research before this podcast Ooh, i don't know um, how you feel about I, that. I, <laughs> I scrolled all the way back through your instagram account um one thing i did actually was i watched your aesthetic cafes in berlin video and oh my goodness like we have some nice cafes in madison but i did not know the level of cafes that you guys have over there in europe so if you have some extra room in your apartment um i'd love to move in and en- <laughs> enjoy those cafes with definitely. you. definitely <laughs> so yeah i was scrolling through your instagram feed and it was really cool to see that you had a post i think in 2017 where you were talking about studying german And then you had a photo of, like, you holding a pin of a German flag saying um, how you'd visited twice, but you wanted to visit again. And then in September 2019, you announced that you were actually going to be studying abroad in Berlin. So how did that whole journey kind of start? What made you want to start studying German? Or when was the very first time that you visited Berlin?
1: Yeah, so um, those are all really good questions. I have always sort of been really interested in languages, particularly because of my um, ethnic background, as in like, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, but my mom's Taiwanese. So I sort of learned a little bit of Mandarin from her and then um, because I feel like the American education system doesn't place too much emphasis on learning a second language um, or being multilingual at all um, in comparison to, you know, for example, in Europe. Um, I'd always had an interest in that on my own and I really want I knew like I really wanted to study another language um, once I got to university and it was just a matter of sort of like picking and choosing which ones would fit in my schedule and which ones worked. and uh German happened to work and I was already sort of interested in it because I was interested in like German history and like especially the more recent history. Um, And then so I knew that once I started learning this language, then I would have to also, of course, have to study abroad because that's the best way to really immerse yourself and really learn about the people, the culture, hear the language every single day and encounter it. And so um, I was already contemplating this whole like study abroad thing, I don't know, by (laughs) maybe the end of my first semester of college because I also really love traveling. And um I had initially first visited I uh, wait, I first visited Germany in spring of 2017 on a trip with my high school history class actually, but um the second time I actually went to Berlin was in December of 2017 with my family because it was like my family also has this sort of bucket list of places and things we want to see and do and on on that bucket list was actually a visit to Germany and uh visiting like the Christmas markets that are there around the holiday season and so we did that and um i really loved the history and like i loved how the city was sort of very modern but also old and historical at the same time because it was you know so many parts of it were literally just bombed to oblivion during the second world war but you also have so many Yeah, like it's an amalgamation of the old and the new, and I really enjoyed that and knew that I wanted to to come back. And so I contemplated, okay, well, perhaps I could do my study abroad program there since I am already learning German. And I will say, (laughs) um, when I visited in December 2017, I only had one semester of German under my belt. And so as you probably, you know, would assume it wasn't very good. Um... But, you know, I still I still, you know, tried certain things out and um, I'd say it's a, a lot better now <laughs> after a couple of years and living here for more than a year. Um, but yeah, like it's really been quite the experience. And I don't think I, I don't think this is quite what I envisioned when I first started to go on this study abroad journey
0: living in Berlin wasn't like what you imagined? Yeah, it's more like I didn't
1: imagine that I would be able to actually stay for so long um, Um, due to like the current situation surrounding the pandemic and having classes online. So I didn't actually have to go to my university in person.
0: Well, first of all, I just want to say props to you for trying to use your German after a semester of German class. I studied Spanish like middle school all through high school. And then when I went to Madrid, it's just completely (laughs) different. Like you can do listening exercises in high school, but it does not prepare you for how quickly they actually speak in person. How long would you say it took in Berlin, living in Berlin for you to actually become comfortable in having conversations in German?
1: I actually am not quite sure. That's a good question though, because I feel like some just at some point along the way, I became more comfortable with the fact that like, you know, everywhere, like the signs are in German, the announcements overhead are in German. I hear passing conversations in German. So I kind of got surrounded by the language and got used to it maybe after like, not sure, maybe a couple of months. Um, and then also because my my housemate currently speaks German. So I speak German with her. Um, I think that's sort of helped me Get a little more comfortable with the conversation, even though, you know, sometimes if people are speaking too fast, I start panicking a bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just, I would just freeze up. Like, I would try to go to a restaurant and they say something and I understood like 0% and I just freeze (laughs) and I don't know what to do. But that sounds really helpful to have a housemate who speaks German because I've heard about people... Americans mainly like moving to other countries, and just kind of sticking within a community of American expats, and then never actually even learning the language of the place that they've been to. So I think that like, yes, going to the country, or going to that country is one of the best ways to learn a language, but then once you're there, you actually have to take the steps to immerse yourself so i asked for some questions on instagram stories and a mutual friend of ours asked what do you enjoy most about living in germany and then is there anything that bothers you about german culture the pros and the cons
1: um wow okay i have a feeling i i know who asked this question but um (laughs) all right so um the good things about living in germany well i don't know where to start there's like so many things i do love i mean obviously because i i stayed and i'm still living here i I really love the culture, especially surrounding Berlin, in that it's very chill, it's very laid back. No one really cares who you are, where you're from, and like what exactly it is that you do. And you won't get a second glance if you just suddenly decide that you want to wear a cow onesie outside on the street. Nobody will care. Um, It's very relaxed and yet kind of edgy at the same time. And I really love how it's sort of like a creative artist city like there's a lot of creative people here um and you know normally the nightlife here is also really active but um since the pandemic it hasn't been but i'm hopeful that it will be in the future and i just also really love being able to walk around everywhere and how so many places are just very very accessible um like i could just walk down the street to like a really large park and just sort of enjoy my day there or I could like take a train into the center of the city to go see some of the museums and walk around the area and the whole city is just it's flat it's walkable bikeable you can see literally you can literally go anywhere and I really like the openness of it but I would also (laughs) just say like something I don't like about Germany is that it tends to be, it's very, there's a, oh my god, <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this one thing. Um, but essentially, Spill the tea. essentially, the bureaucracy here is extremely difficult to navigate, especially I think if you don't know German. And so there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape when it comes to like moving here and like finding an apartment, also just like getting your residency status sorted out and all of that stuff and like even with things like you know like health insurance like there's just a lot of small little steps that you would just never expect to be there and they just somehow are and they just make it more complicated for no reason in my opinion so there are things like that that are kind of an annoyance sometimes having to go through that but in the end i feel like it's it's worth it to jump through those hurdles because The life that you get in return the quality of life here i think is really good
0: yeah i i've only been to germany very briefly as i said but my uncle and his family have actually lived in germany for years and i got to visit them in 2019 not in berlin in like a much smaller city but he did mention he said like the problem here is that everything is like so so strictly regulated just like like you said complicated bureaucracy Um, but all the pros that you listed have kind of sold me on Berlin and (laughs) Germany in general. Um, so actually my kind of last question for this section was going to be about, um, you know, moving to a new country and dealing with the visa issues and stuff like that. I guess what advice would you give to someone who is interested in moving to another country and is kind of stressed out by dealing with all of that? Maybe not specifically in Germany, but like what resources did you seek out that helped you figure stuff out?
1: Yeah, so a lot of what I ended up knowing was or a lot of the information that I ended up going off of was actually just from like the government website itself. It's very very it's it's very detailed and useful for that because it lays out literally like pretty much all of the situations that you might potentially be in and what might apply to you and what not might not apply to you and they also have like all the forms and stuff um up there in several different languages so if i was just ever not sure about you know complicated law related words in german i could just simply switch to english um so that was really nice. And um, I think I also just had a couple of so I, I did my study abroad program through my university. so they had like a connection with um, an office of like ma- sort of like management people here in Berlin. and I would just also once in a while ask them and then um, ask like a couple of friends who were in similar situations. And honestly, it was just a lot of Googling and a lot of time spent researching, but I would say the most useful websites were definitely the ones run by the immigration office or the uh, government itself, because that's where all the information is anyway. Um, So like for anyone who would want to move to a different country, I would definitely take a look at those types of resources and just comb through everything, every fine detail. Just make sure you don't miss anything um, because sometimes there are just very tiny, fine print that, that might just make a difference in what you're able to do and what you're able to not do. So yeah, just just pay attention to the details of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's awesome that you were able to figure it out and solve that puzzle. And now you're successfully living in Berlin. So, I wanted to move on then to talking about I guess as a broad category content creation. So, um, as I said, I was doing some Instagram stalking and I <laughs> scrolled all the way down through your account and I saw the very first post was like some sheet music and then you had a book and a violin <laughs> on top of it. So, you started like a, really as a bookstagram account. So, I don't know if that was your very first post or if you archived stuff before that, but where did your journey in content creation start?
1: Yeah, so that wasn't my very first post, but you are right in that I did start off um, as just like a very hardcore bookstagrammer. I think my love for photography, I, I don't know where it came from, but I've known that ever since I was little, like I would constantly annoy my parents take their camera take pictures of things really randomly um, everywhere that I went so that sort of translated into me starting this whole account as a bookstagram initially because uh, when I was in high school I would often be sort of like bored at home and I would read a lot and I noticed that I had already been following certain bookstagram accounts and I noticed like, oh wait, there are people actually taking pictures of their books in like a really pretty way and maybe I can try this too cuz I also like taking pictures of everything. And so I I just sort of like started doing that and but then gradually as I moved away to university, obviously I can't bring my like I don't know 10,000 different books and my whole bookshelf with me to university. Can't haul that with me. So, um I ended up sort of focusing the content more around like my university life and then um and then I think gradually recently it's just been more focused on like my my life as as a whole because I realized that university isn't going to be my life forever and I think that even though books are a and are an integral part of my life and I still really enjoy reading I don't always have the same amount of time to focus towards reading all the time like i did in high school when i had less things to do and um also just i think there's like this hyper hyper consumerism culture surrounding like constant book buying and people are always like on top of the newest releases constantly and um i can't i personally cannot keep up with that so i've tried to like slow it down a bit and i just like to currently create stuff that or like find some beauty in you know, my everyday surroundings, which is my room these days. So um, I just try to live my life as it is.
0: Yeah, I love seeing your room on Instagram. And I wish people could see our Zoom call right now. (laughs) But like her background is so aesthetic. There's twinkly lights and like the big, um, big windows that you would see in European apartment. So it definitely inspires me with my own room. And I think part of it is not just like room decoration but just kind of noticing the little things in life. I really love when you post like the matcha or the coffee that you're drinking or just your desk setup or little things like that and I think it's a good reminder for me and I'm sure all of the people that follow you that even though we're spending our lives indoors now in our rooms, um, there's a lot to appreciate and notice even, even when we're inside. I wanted to ask you about what's your content creation schedule like? Is it kind of spontaneous? Do you just take a photo or a video whenever something looks pretty? Or do you have like a schedule planned out and shoot stuff in a batch? That,
1: (laughs) all right. So I would say, I would say, I mean, if I'm going off of my Myers-Briggs and my Enneagram type, I should be the type to plan all the time, you know, cuz I'm an INTJ and I'm also a type 3. And so like I should honestly plan, but but I feel like with a lot of these sort of moments in my life, like they don't they don't come as I'm planning them. They just kind of come as I'm doing them or as I'm just living, existing. And so um these days, the last couple of months, I think my my content has been a lot more spontaneous so I haven't really told myself all right this is gonna be a time when I go and shoot now Um, it's more like I'm doing something and then I'll notice like a certain setting or a certain scene and then I'll want to capture it with my camera and that's when I'll start taking like a thousand pictures of basically the same thing and then somehow choose one that somehow feels better than the others and then end up posting that one and it really it should be planned i think that would save me a lot of stress sometimes but for now it's very spur of Mm -hmm. the moment
0: so i also wanted to ask you about just your kind of room decorating style so i actually found an instagram post where in the caption you were describing your aesthetic and you said i think it's funny because what you said in this caption is like what i'm seeing now but in the caption you said your aesthetics twinkling lights golden pearls the saturated warmth of golden hour uh potted house plants things like that where would you say you got that style like what are your style inspirations or also maybe how has your style evolved as you've been on Instagram and been decorating your space?
1: Yeah, um, I think it just comes from everywhere. And it it originally, I think, was a little less immature in that my style was very much like your typical stereotypical like college girl dorm style with like the lights and the pictures and stuff, which is all very cute and I, I still like it. But now I think... I don't know like there's maybe because like Berlin has really or at least this past winter was pretty harsh and that it was like gloomy and gray and just snowing. I've come to sort of appreciate the sun and like any sort of brighter days that we have. And so and also being someone who's from Los Angeles, I kind of took those things for granted for all my years of growing up there. Um, it wasn't even something that I really consciously thought about until relatively recently and so um, I've been trying to incorporate that a lot more and I think just being on Instagram and seeing like what other people what other interior designers are doing with their spaces especially I think um, creators based in Paris and I think Saint, I want to say St. Petersburg and Moscow like they tend to have sort of this warm um like warm afternoon morning vibe atmosphere to their spaces and i really wanted to emulate that for myself because i realized that was sort of like the color palette and the the mood that that i loved the most and that i appreciated the most um so i've drawn a lot of inspiration from that um i for some reason can't think of any particular accounts at the moment but yeah it's just that overall aesthetic and i think utilizing the light that comes in through the really tall windows here like it's just it's like an automatic source of inspiration for Mm -hmm. me
0: you'll have to send me some of those accounts because i need some (laughs) inspiration someone submitted a question i don't know if you have any tips for this but someone asked do you have any room design tips to make a small room look big
1: yeah so um i do have some experience living in small spaces and essentially what you could do is for instance you could have like a lofted bed with like your desk underneath it so your bed is essentially just stacked on top of that or um, i think generally if you have white colored walls that instantly sort of brightens up your space and makes it feel a bit bigger Um, and i think also using mirrors is a really good idea for like sort of getting the feeling of having an enlarged space
0: Whoever asked that should be taking notes. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I then wanted to ask you about kind of engaging with your audience on Instagram. So one of the things I noticed is that in your captions, you ask a lot of questions, which I love because I don't know, it just makes it feel more personal. And just the way that you post your stories, I feel like and show little snippets of your life also feels very personal as well. So what is it like kind of interacting with your audience or what is your favorite part of that aspect, like that community aspect of Instagram? Because I think also the fact that you kind of transitioned from being a bookstagram account to being just kind of a snippets of my life account is that now, like, I guess there's less conversations about specifically books happening, but just conversations about life. So what has that been like? Yeah,
1: um, essentially my favorite part has always i mean bookstagram and what I'm currently doing just just the internet in general is that um, it's able to connect so many people from all places and all walks of life and I really love the sort of multinational multicultural environment that it's able to cultivate and that even though there are so many people who speak different languages from me who grew up in different places and have experienced things differently there are still common threads between all of us you know like for instance i would say my primary audience is about people it's it's mostly people like about our age like the 18 to 24 age range and like we all at this stage of life we all experience you know somewhat similar things you know going through university for instance and like trying to navigate who we are and who we want to be and things like that so i i think i i really enjoy getting to um learn about other people's thoughts and i i really love i the reason why i ask a lot of questions is because you know i i have my opinions but i also want to know the thoughts of other people who perhaps experience things differently or see things in a different light just to you know sort of it's sort of like making friends from across the globe and seeing what other people are doing and I that's that's my absolute favorite part of it.
0: Yeah, it's always crazy to me how you can connect with people that live thousands of miles away from you and have something to talk about even though like the geographical proximity is not there. Yeah, for uh, sure. Ooh, that was a good segue. I just did that on accident. But <laughs> speaking of geographical proximity, you're living in Berlin, but the classes that you're taking are in California. So I thought we could talk about um kind of like some planning or some self-care things that help you because I know that because your classes take place in California you have to stay up late to attend them which the first time I heard about that when you were talking about it on your stories I was shocked like that sounds so difficult but are there any self-care things that have been helping you to manage that schedule um
1: yeah I would say so I would say last semester Somehow I got through it completely intact. Maybe I just, it was a new thing and I was telling myself, well, at least I don't have to wake up early. I can just wake up two minutes before and (laughs) sort of roll out of bed and and, or like take a nap and roll right out of bed and and attend class. Um, But uh, February was particularly rough, I will say, on my mental health because of my um, really whack sort of life and sleeping schedule. Due to these classes being so late, especially like in the middle of the week, um, and I'm not gonna lie, it is pretty brutal. But um, what I told myself at the beginning of this month, um, one of my goals for March was to essentially um, allow myself space to breathe and take a step back if I needed it, like if I couldn't handle, for instance, sitting in front of Zoom for eight hours with back-to-back classes and meetings in the middle of the night, then I simply would not do it because, um, you know, like, because I can't. And, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with reevaluating and taking a step back and really prioritizing yourself over everything else because um, something that like my mom has always told me is that your health includes your physical and your mental health. And if you don't have either one of them, then what are you really doing all of this for? Like what is the point of working so hard if you're first of all not well so that's like something that I've tried to keep in mind, especially going into this month after how rough last month was for me so um a couple of days ago i I'm just gonna share like I had a total complete breakdown, and what I ended up doing instead was um, instead of going to my classes that were really late at night, um, I simply just took a warm shower and then i came out of the shower, listened, put on some music, listened to some songs that i knew like old favorites basically, dependable old favorites, <laughs> and um, and then i just painted my nails a bit and then chatted with a friend about how i was feeling and um, i have this like hot water bottle that i fill up with hot water and put on my stomach whenever i get anxious or whenever my stomach hurts and so I just did that and went to sleep. And then I woke up the next morning feeling so much better and much more ready to sort of like face whatever had given me so much anxiety before. Whereas I feel like if I hadn't taken that step back, then I would have just continued to be sort of on edge all the time.
0: Oh, I'm really glad that you were able to take care of yourself and feel better now. I, I do agree that I think it's so helpful to just pause I think sometimes we try to keep pushing, and that just achieves the exact opposite of what we need. Yeah, so for just sure. Not being afraid to step back for a little bit. What about what are your, some of, some of your other goals for March? I saw that you posted on your Instagram stories a couple of bullet points that you're working on. So what are what are some other things that you're trying to do this month?
1: Um. Well, aside from taking care of myself a bit better and focusing on making myself a priority, um, I also wanted to sort of focus a little bit more on my content creation. And I told myself, okay, I am going to film and put out two YouTube videos this month. um, Because I tend to be really bad about those. And because being on camera kind of makes me nervous, and I'm not really used to it. And um, video editing just overall takes a lot out of you. And At least for me, (laughs) it really does. (laughs) Um, Agree. (laughs) Yeah, so I told myself that I would do that because I have a couple of ideas that I want to flesh out. Um, But I think those two are like the big ones.
0: So one of the questions someone else asked, and I think people ask this of literally every guest because it's just a <laughs> universal question, but what are some ways that you stay motivated? I, th- I think it's like unique to each person. So what are your personal favorite ways to stay motivated?
1: I mean, if I'm being really honest here, there's nothing, like I enjoy external validation so much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I will just openly admit that. Um, so it really helps, you know, when people are te- people, other people are telling me that I'm doing fine and that like I'm doing great and um, et etc. et cetera. But um, that external validation aside, I think internally um, it really helps for me to sort of plan things out. This is when like planning actually is really helpful. <laughs> and so I try to like write down like a list of things that I have to do without giving myself too much pressure to do it at like an exact exact time also I think just stopping to appreciate a lot I think this is like what a lot of my content is about anyway but just stopping to appreciate like certain small moments in life like for instance if the sun suddenly comes through the windows and it's like really nice like I'll stop what I'm doing just to kind of like look at it and appreciate it before moving on so I think finding time to you know, stop and smell the roses,
0: as they say, um, really also um, helps me keep going. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think external validation is fine. I love <laughs> it too. I, in my last episode, I actually, well, I don't know if this counts as external validation, but like having an accountability buddy. So I've been, me and my friend have been accountability buddies for two and a half weeks now, And aside from just accountability, we also, like, hype each other up for literally everything. I'll be like, hey, I finally (laughs) scheduled that dentist appointment. And my friend is like, you go, girl, get it done. Yeah, no, definitely. So I feel like things like that are underrated. Definitely. Like, I don't want
1: to sound like someone who, like, you know, just craves and thrives off of external validation. But, like, if I'm really being honest with myself, it's it's true. I do. (laughs) Like... I think maybe just growing up, I don't know if it's just like being the oldest daughter too of in my family, like, you know, all the burdens and expectations are sort of like, you know, dumped onto you, whereas like your younger sibling gets to get off scot-free for a lot of things. And so like once someone says something about you doing something well, you're like, oh, yes, yes, (laughs) I needed to hear this.
0: No, that's a great point. I I'm also the oldest daughter. I just have um a younger brother and I feel like throughout my entire life, even if my parents weren't necessarily pressuring me, like they had expectations for me, I feel like but then I took that on and I was like, "Yes, I will do I will achieve all of those expectations and more and I will I will do everything perfectly." And then I think my brother just didn't get any of that. And my parents were like, whatever, you just do your own thing. And then I think because of that, he also doesn't feel as much internal pressure to be doing everything as well. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure, maybe. (laughs) Because I know that was like a really big thing for me growing up. You know, like I was, I don't know, I was that annoying kid who like was seemingly good at everything because I was like trying to keep everything together and like doing so many different like activities outside of school. Like I was playing instruments, I was, like, in the school orchestra, I was on the school robotics team, like, it was just, like, a ton of stuff, and, like, um, like, honestly, I have no idea how I was able to, like, handle all of that now, because I feel like current, current me would not be able to do all of that, and make it out
0: intact, so,
1: yeah, I don't know,
0: maybe, I I don't know if it's an older daughter thing, I don't know. (laughs) Family dynamics are interesting, but do you feel like you've kind of pared things down, like, what was it like, kind of like you're not in robotics club now, right? Yeah. So, what was it like? What things did you kind of let go, or what did you turn your focus towards and prioritize?
1: Yeah, I think once I once I got to university, I started explore. I started exploring like a lot of other different things. Like I didn't join my university orchestra, even though I'd been like playing. Uh, I've been like classically trained in the piano and violin for like, oh my God, I don't even know, like my whole life. I don't know, like almost 20, I don't know, like 16 years or something. <laughs> Crazy stuff. The
0: sudden realization.
1: Yeah, it just hit me all of a sudden. I was like, wow, that that that's a long time. Um, but I think I just started exploring a lot of other things um, like, for instance, design-related stuff, I suddenly just found an interest in when I hadn't really had too much exposure to it before. I I think my, like, love of science and, and, like, the whole robotics engineering thing sort of manifested in my bioengineering major once I got to university. But I didn't actually do too many, like, actual sort of, like, teams or club stuff related to that. I used clubs and organizations as a way to sort of pursue my other hobbies
0: I feel like our interests or the stuff we're involved in over time just kind of evolves and it's all part of our path that we're on (laughs) that's just life For the last part, we're gonna do a quick lightning round. So, the first question is What is your all time favorite book, or just the book that you're currently really enjoying?
1: The Poppy War. There's no question about it. (laughs) Everyone should read it. I mean, there's a lot of content warning for it. Like, there's a lot of violence and things that are kind of like, if you're sensitive to that sort of content, then maybe tread carefully. But, like, other than that, like, everyone should read the Poppy War trilogy. I'm not even kidding. Like, as in, I've been telling everybody this. There's so much great um, Chinese history that's covered that I don't really see in a lot of other fictional narratives. And the main character has just such such a great like character development arc that like breaks your heart at the end. But like, it's it's so good. Like, you, I I have no words.
0: I'll read it. I'll read it. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll add it to my Goodreads right after. For sure. You also mentioned uh, one of the self-care things that you like to do is listening to some of your songs that are old favorites. So, what is on your old favorites playlist?
1: Ooh, okay. So I love the BTS Young Forever album
0: so yes. much,
1: so much. It's <laughs> so like much. like dependable, reliable. Like I cannot, <laughs> I cannot words how much I love it. Um, And then another um, album that I also really love is Travis Scott's Astroworld. That's like sort of like when I'm in a different kind of mood, but those two albums, like I go back to all the time.
0: Nice. Another music related question is what was the last concert that you attended before all of this quarantine stuff began? And then what is the first concert you'd like to see once we can do stuff like that again?
1: Yeah, so the last concert that I went to was in Berlin. It was for Miramasa, And um, it was literally, I think, the weekend before all of the lockdowns happened. So, like, literally right on the cusp of that. And I just remember, because I I went at the time with with my boyfriend, who wasn't my boyfriend at the time. (laughs) Um, So it was, like, it was a lot of fun. Um, And then... The concert that I really want to go to, that I've been wanting to go to, is a Wonder, because um, they came to they came to Oakland, which is near Berkeley, a couple of times. But I've always missed them. And then I found out that they were like doing another supposed to go on another tour in 2020. And then I was gonna be in oh. Berlin, and so I like literally bought my ticket. And then like it just keeps getting pushed back because of like the current situation. So like so like that's definitely the first one that i'm gonna go to like after all of this ends because it's it's been a long time coming
0: (laughs) i love Oh wonder and i'm pretty sure they were actually my very first concert so fond memories oh wow do you have a favorite song of theirs um i don't know i i feel like
1: there's so many of them that i like that i can't yeah like i don't want to pick one without being super basic (laughs) wait let me let me just i don't know i i think recently i've really loved i've really loved hallelujah Mm. yeah and then i think is that what it's called yeah it's like a newer one i think and then i mean i found them because i think of the song technicolor beat or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the one that i like when i discovered them and then but i yeah i like some of their newer stuff like the like hallelujah and then also better now and there's this, like, this really upbeat one with, I think, what's his name? Lil Uzi Vert or something called The Way Life Goes that I like to play in my car with the windows down during the summer. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, I've been listening to Dazzle a lot recently. That was i don't know if that was their first album but that was like when i was a fan so i feel like i'm stuck in that era of theirs but i do like some of their newer songs too like super love oh so good so good
1: yeah oh wow this i i'm just looking on spotify right now and like technicolor b and like that that whole era that was 2015 2015 what was i doing back then i don't
0: even know we're so old i know (laughs) i'm ancient exactly well it was so great talking to you about everything from living in berlin and then music and books and everything so before we wrap up the episode where can our listeners find you online
1: um like you said at the very beginning with your amazing intro um (laughs) i can be found at fragile myths on basically almost every social media platform except tiktok (laughs) question mark yeah so basically one day (laughs) who knows (laughs) so basically yeah instagram twitter and youtube it's all the same it's fragile myths
0: awesome well thank you so much again it was great talking to you thank you so much for having me i had a lot of fun My takeaway from this episode is that I need to visit Berlin again, this time hopefully for more than a couple of hours, but the way that Zell described it in this episode and the way that she documents it in photos and videos on her Instagram and her YouTube just makes it look and sound like such a beautiful city and I really hope I can visit soon. But the three official takeaways for this episode number one is to enjoy the little things in life I know that sounds super cliche but if there's anything I've learned anything I've gained from following Zell on Instagram it's that it's the way she notices these little beautiful things in her daily life since following her I feel like I pay so much more attention to the sunlight in my room that one time I actually posted on my Instagram stories a photo of like my mirror in my room and it was was evening so the sunlight was really nice and you could see the bright blue sky and my friend was like were you inspired by fragile miss and I was like what no okay I guess subconsciously I've been starting to pay way more attention to those little things because of following her The second takeaway is to take some time off when you need to. So as Zell talked about, when she took a break, when she took some time off to just rest and talk to friends and take care of herself, she woke up the next morning feeling way more ready to tackle the things that were giving her anxiety the day before. And so I think something really important to remember is that sometimes trying to push through the tiredness or feeling low only makes it worse and you might think that you're gonna save some time by buckling down and just trying to crank out the work but sometimes what your mind and body really need is a true break to get back on track and then finally my third takeaway was just that i was super inspired by how zell figured out life in berlin and visas and that all that annoying bureaucratic stuff And so if you out there are thinking about moving to a different country or any other big and overwhelming undertaking like that, I just think this episode is a great example of someone who decided that they wanted to learn another language, committed to doing a study abroad, and made it happen, and it's just really cool to see her journey online so for today's action of the day I think what I'm gonna say is just take a nice photo take one nice photo you don't have to post it anywhere but the point of this sort of exercise is just to notice something notice something beautiful in your day that you otherwise might not have paused to give a second glance so you can go out and watch the sunset or pay attention to how the sunlight moves across your room throughout the evening or make yourself like a cup of tea or matcha or or something and take a very aesthetic photo of it be like zell is what i'm saying basically i don't think i have any bliss bean updates today um just thank you so much for watching the decluttering series it was honestly a joy to make um, the results of it had a big impact on my life and i just enjoyed putting together and editing the videos themselves so i really hope you liked watching them And for today's recommendation, I actually have two books, one that I'm about 75% done with and the other that I've not even started, but it's by one of my favorite authors. So that 0% book is, shoot, what's it called? A World Without Email by Cal Newport. I am so excited to read this book. I was super excited about it as soon as I heard that he was releasing it so cal newport is one of those few authors whose books like i consistently read so for example i also like a bunch of malcolm gladwell's books but i can't really think of anyone else from whom i've read multiple books or like i recognize their name as an author so cal newport he's done deep work digital minimalism um there was this one about college And I think that's it. So not that many, but I really enjoyed, loved all of those books. So A World Without Email, the subtitle, is that what it's called? Is reimagining work in an age of communication overload. And I don't know, I just relate greatly to this term, communication overload. I think that's what we're all experiencing these days. I know I spent a bit more time on emails this morning than I had budgeted for, so they can get annoying. So I'm really excited to see what Cal has to say about that. But then the other book that i'm 75 percent done with is the midnight library by matt haig i'm pretty sure it won number one in the fiction category for the goodreads like 2020 awards i was hearing so much about it so i was really excited to finally check it out the basic premise of it is that there is this gigantic library like in between life and death i guess where each book represents a different path that you could have taken in life so those of course are infinite because every tiny decision that you make changes the course of your life um so it's been very i want to say comforting because i don't know i think with this past year but honestly just with life in general you always wonder like did i make the right decisions did i spend this year the right way did i spend my life the right way and it's a good reminder that you might think that you're missing out on other options, but like maybe those other options, those other paths that you could have taken would not have been as great as you imagine them to be. And it just makes you appreciate more the life that you currently are in, the life that you got to based on the decisions that you actually did make in life. So it's pretty philosophical. It's an interesting read. Um, It's fictional. So I haven't read that many fiction books this year. So it's been a nice little break. But yes, so those are two books that I recommend. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope you are doing amazing and having a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at theblissbean and theblissbean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's theblissbean.com slash podcast. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at theblissbean.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.